selling her things, okay. Matt. Like, please. Do you think she was going to take the time to watch a 90-minute documentary we'll a day before? We'll give her the option so That's then she true. doesn't yell. Thanks. And I wasn't even yelling. <laughs> so... We, we have, got bacon. We've got Robert Bacon of the 91 Donkey Lane podcast and the Tiger King episode fame. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. This is our very first shot at it. First <laughs> try. I do want to say that you recommended this board to Matt and we recorded an entire Laguna Beach episode and it didn't record. <laughs> and then we had to redo it. To be fair, though, then Bacon spent way too much time facetiming with me to figure out all the intricacies of the board along with me so so at the end of the day he's a trooper yeah thanks thanks bacon previously on my favorite episode of previously on my (laughs) favorite episode of yeah okay tell us about for those who didn't listen to the tiger king episode tell us about 91 donkey lane because i love it 91 donkey lane is a improvised fantasy comedy podcast where me and my roommate getting all kinds of uh hijinks every week and stupid things happen if you want to know if you want to listen to if you want to know if you're interested in listening to it uh you can just google meatloaf dog on YouTube and uh, watch that thing. I was going to suggest that. Yeah. Just Google meatloaf dog. It's an animated that bacon animated. It's an animated that he animated (laughs) and it's really funny. So that will sell you on it alone. So as not a Seinfeld fan, I mean, I am a fan, but I, I haven't seen everything. This is one of the few episodes that I know by name. I mean, not actual name because it's called the strike, not the Festivus episode. So Bacon chose season nine, episode 10, The Strike, which is indeed the Festivus episode. And I was shocked to learn that it's not even really the A plot. I like that it's what brings out all the three plots or four plots, I guess, at this point together at the end. Mm-hmm. But I was shocked. I'd never seen it before. I was shocked that it wasn't actually the A plot. Agreed. When Matt told us the episode, I was like, oh, he gave us the wrong fucking episode again. It's This is called The Strike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I went back in my text and I was like, nope, I'm a dick. He said The Strike. <laughs> you are a dick. I know. It's because he's my brother. It, we're in season uh, nine at this point. I think that's the last season of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. So there's in that last season, they're really all about dovetailing, about having all these plots coming together, which the show was always kind of about. But that last season, it feels like they were really about that. And I think I read that the writers regret calling it the strike. They wanted to, they're like, well, we should have called it Festivus or the Festivus. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they knew it was going to be such a knockout. Like I've heard it so many times, Gr- airing of grievances, all that junk. I, d- I had just never seen it. Festivus for the rest of us, like that. that's mm-hmm. everywhere. And I always just knew it was a Seinfeld reference, but never saw the episode. But I, I don't, I'm not surprised that they didn't, that they thought Kramer's part was the A plot and called it the strike. I, I liked Kramer's and Elaine's storyline the best, how they intersect. I thought that was the best part. Kramer's at peak Kramer in this one. He's doing all his thing. He's like, no bagel, no bagel, don't bagel, no bagel. Bah! Like yelling at <laughs> all these other plots are really great, especially for like the the last season. And it's and this isn't technically probably my favorite, favorite Seinfeld episode, but I would say that this episode has personally affected me because I do celebrate Festivus <laughs> in my own capacity. And when I get older and start a family, we are 100% doing Festivus <laughs> with feats of strength and all that stuff. Feats of strength makes me laugh because as like, I don't 
know these characters that well but George obviously has some issues and some past trauma so it's nice to see that his dad literally made up a holiday that he could physically harm his son <laughs> like, he could, like <laughs> so just like up. Kathleen said I knew this episode because of how much it's talked about but had no idea what it was like if you asked me what Festivus was before seeing this I've like uh, it's Seinfeld it's Seinfeld um, episode about like a huge Christmas party like I, like I had no idea what it was I'm not a Seinfeld girl I just can't get into it no matter what I I just can't and I don't know why well, if you're trying to get into it now it's probably really difficult you know yeah. because TV's so different now and it's so it's not super sitcom-y but it still has that aspect of things it everything kind of feels like a stage play mm-hmm. in Seinfeld Yeah, like, I feel like I remember it being on when I was younger and just being like, nope, like, not even giving it a shot. And then as I got older, like, it was like middle school was like Disney Channel. High school was like MTV. So it was like I just never got into it, even surprisingly having like older siblings like Matt loves Seinfeld, Brian loves Seinfeld. I just just missed for me. (laughs) I don't don't know. Watching as a 27-year-old, I have to put some of the thoughts I'm having aside and just know that it's funny. My notes are literally like, okay, I like these four people. So meeting Jerry Kramer, George and Elaine, but I'm like, they're not great. The only one I actually truly love is Elaine. And Kramer seems like he has great intentions, but specifically Jerry in this episode. I'm like, this girl is hot. Even in the bad lighting, first of all. And I was like, every episode I've seen of him when I'm older and actually paying attention, he's just like misogynistic and he's just kind of a doucher. And I'm like, but I love Jerry Seinfeld. So I'm like, I watch comedians and cars getting coffee. Like I like him, but I'm like watching this and him and George are just kind of not great dudes. But I'm glad that Jerry, they ride for each other, which I like. That's enough for me to say, okay, cool. The friendship is there. But other than that, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, the two-faced plot doesn't really hold up as well as the other ones. Like a lot of making fun of the way people look or how people, their face or their body type was always kind of a big trope in the 90s. And we've mm-hmm. kind of, I'm glad that we've moved away from that. Yeah, I forgot what movie we were watching recently, but the whole joke was ri- literally just, Hey, isn't this girl ugly? And that was it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, brutal. It's horrible. It was, but it feels like that was in a lot of movies. Yeah, and a lot of the plot lines are still do hold up, but the Jerry one every time it was on, I was shaking my head. Although the culmination of her thinking that Elaine's the ugly girlfriend when it's actually her is really funny. I love that bit, but other than that, I was like that that one fell a little flat for me, but I, this is a really good episode. I watched it twice today because wow. whenever there's a sitcom and it's only 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, I'll sit and watch it first so I can soak it in and then I'll take my notes on the on the second watch. When it's like a 45-minute show, I'm like, nah. Yeah. You're like, that was good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's I like, if I missed something, too bad. We can just get into the um, the different plots that are going on. So you can say what you want to say because what I was going to say was not important. Let's just go through all the plots. Should we just go through the best plot, the George plot? Yeah. Who has Festivus? And the human fund, which leads to Festivus. <laughs> yeah. These are all like big things of Seinfeld fans. They would talk about the human fund, money for people. <laughs> that line, I think Jerry's asking him and he's like, the human fund? What's that? And George just goes, make it, made it up. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, George is just like, I actually think he's very funny, but it's like because of how like fucked up he is. Like, (laughs) like even when Jerry would even reference Festivus, like he'd be like, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, he's got like trauma. He's like this really selfish like con man. That's George to a T. Yeah. Con man cartoon character. But he's at his my favorite George is an upset George. Because especially when he leaves the coffee shop, when they start talking about Festivus, he does this thing when he stands up where he just kind of shuffles his feet along as he (laughs) exits out the door. (laughs) And it's so funny. He's this funny little round short man. Him and Kramer do have a lot of physical comedy that they do. Kramer's hair alone is is like a gag, (laughs) the floppiness of it. But George, to me, so we've done another Seinfeld episode on this podcast and I'm gonna I might butcher it 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 was a little while ago but the premise was that he's like pretending to be disabled so he can have his own bathroom at work and and that's early season nine as well I didn't realize this was the last season by the way that's that's vital information I think but two episodes I saw he's literally like conning people he's willing to take this 20 G's and be like I could be a philanthropist (laughs) and he's still being bad like he's still bad like uh. i was gonna ask if that was the episode that we watched because i was like for some reason i'm remembering like george like being locked in his office crawling through holes but is i it, don't watch this show is so it the same job yeah it, it, that was the same episode was that they ostracized him because of the bathroom thing and were trying to keep him from being able to clock in on time so they would fire him and he was doing like like crawling un- through like yeah like inhumane things yeah, just yeah. in order to qu- clock in and keep his job basically he yeah. has like most of the series George is unemployed or then he's employed by the Yankees and this is when uh, he's working for the toy company is that what this is? I think so yeah I'm gonna get yelled at as a Seinfeld fan not knowing <laughs> that so that's this is a toy company as well? Yeah, he's at the same job as the previous episode. Interesting. I didn't think he was still working there after that episode. <laughs> That's what happens when you watch season nine, episode two, and then season nine, episode 10. <laughs> and you skip all the ones in between. But interesting. I'm s- totally skipping around. Should we just go? Should I get to what I'm about to say? Sure. Just go for it? Okay. So when they're at h h Bagels, so Kramer has been on strike for... Uh, 12 years 12 years Mm -hmm. to get to minimum wage and he got the call that or to get to $5.95 was just what they wanted the wages to be and now it it hit that and Elaine goes I think that's what minimum wage is for and he goes now you know who to thank (laughs) which is incredible but I actually didn't know what a scab was because when he's there he calls Elaine a scab did you know do you know what that is because he was like scab 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 and screams it in her face I was listening to a podcast recently, and I'm trying to think of who said it off the top of my head. Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton. He was a cashier or something in New York, and they were like, oh, that's so nice, blah, blah. And he was like, I was a scab, which means when people are on strike, they pay them to work. So you're basically like, how would you explain that? You're kind of a douchebag if you're going around the people that are striking for a reason or for a a moral something, and (laughs) they hire other people, you're called a scab. Right? Am I explaining that correctly? Wait, so you go on strike. No. If a bunch of the, if the teachers union goes on strike, instead of 
working with the teachers union to solve that issue, they hire. the school will go beneath them, around them, mm-hmm. and start hiring other teachers that aren't a part of the union. This can't happen in, in this situation, but whatever. And then those people come in. Those people are called scabs. You Got know, it. Like you're okay. covering up. Okay. You're not a permanent fixture. You could easily be removed, that kind of stuff. Yeah. They, they use it like pro football that happened in Ew. like the late 80s I don't like the uh, it happens at a lot of places that's why they pick it outside and they try to stop other people from coming in yeah and i it was just funny because i had no idea what a scab man i thought i'd t- tell our listeners because i don't think that they knew <laughs> that anyway but i just learned it like two weeks ago when i listened to that podcast and i haven't heard it since because it's only been two weeks but i don't think i've had heard it prior either so lessons <laughs> learned on my favorite episode lessons learned that was our lesson now, of- yeah, you've learned a little bit of unions and uh, how that stuff works. Yeah. So you're off the communist list. Sticking with the Kramer thing, when he brings the bagels to George and Jerry, I was like, I don't care if they're day old bagels. Yeah, is that a problem? Jerry's a germaphobe and doesn't like that kind of stuff. George usually would not care. So I can't remember if he still continues to eat. In no, that he episode. doesn't. It actually goes on him and he's like spitting Spitting it out it. of his mouth. Yeah, I think uh, New York right. New Yorkers are actually pretty like specific about their bagels. Anyway, we are not. No, we aren't. Um, we buy Thomas at Giant. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> we yeah, don't. but George ate trash out of a trash can one time Ugh. at a party. He also took a rubber band out of his soup in this episode. So I've almost it. done that before, though. Like I've thrown. <laughs> like thrown away like oreos being like no like you're not eating them anymore and then like three hours later like i thought about creeping into the trash can and getting three hours is a little long only for like staleness sake but i don't care i've i've definitely like thrown in things s- out in sex in the it. city when miranda's like oh you never mind no she's like addicted to chocolate cake and she throws the cake away and then like she creeps up to the trash can again and starts eating the chocolate cake he's at someone else's house and when he opens the trash can he sees a half eaten thing and is like well that shouldn't go to waste and then sticks oh, his hand no. in their trash can and starts eating it See, we don't like that. Sitting on a doily. So, like, that's just the talk. That's what this show's about. It's kind of like, hey, if you saw it and it was sitting on top of something, would you still do it? And George is that kind of guy who's like, yeah, I would do that. That's mm-hmm. why in this episode, George is like, I could take that $20,000 and be a philanthropist. Yeah. And he kind of goes with it because he's kind of a dirtbag. Yeah. And it, that's this whole episode. That's all they're doing. Like this. I'm sure this has been overanalyzed. So we could just cover all the the topics. We have George dealing with the human fund, which makes him go all in on Festivus to show his boss that it's real because he gets caught. <laughs> we get Elaine, who's giving out fake phone numbers to guys, which is that's a normal thing that happens in life. I know sure every uh, like yeah, guys and girls. You're just like, oh, number, and you give them a fake number. <laughs> yep. Elaine specifically does it. Like that says no Elaine or something like that. The extra E's for it. All Jerry's dealing with is having a girl that he met at his friend Watley's party. She's a two-face in the sense that in different under different lighting conditions, she can go from beautiful to, I don't know, elfish? What would we call <laughs> the lighting that they do to her? She just 
it's so funny because the actress is obviously beautiful and it would be hard to make her ugly. So they make her like turn her head and she does this thing with her lips. She like plucks her lips out. And I'm like, <laughs> she's obviously making a face, but she's still cute. I'm like, there's no way. They should have done it where like one day she shows up and she looks beautiful. And the next day she looks like haggard, like a different day, not different lighting. That's insane. Like the fact that Kramer can't even recognize her and it's just the worst <laughs> friend and worst wingman ever. And it's like, he's a tomcat. Like, yeah, that's not you. I met his girlfriend. She's a foot shorter, or foot tall. You're a foot taller. It doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> like, they're just trying to sell the bit. But anyway. They did do that on the Man, Hand epi- Man Hands episode. I don't know if you guys have ever saw on that one. Jerry was dating a girl with, uh, he called Man Hands. And they would show her. And then when it cut to her, like, <laughs> and speaking of the other episode we did jerry's storyline is that he's giving the girl's belly a voice and she's like stop doing that or i'm breaking up with you and he refuses to get rid of the voice jerry <laughs> like sucks. he's such a dude yeah he sucks that one <laughs> yeah. but even that one that's like didn't you, don't you have something with or have you had something with a significant other where it's something that you do and it kind of annoys the other person a little bit. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this just a little bit. It's like a silly little joke. Oh, my God. Do you want to hear mine? This is he yeah. hated this. So my ex, every time he yawned, I stick my fingers in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he hated it. He would get actually mad at me. I, he would just yawn and I'd be like, you like I wouldn't actually like touch anything. I would just like when he yawned, I'd be like. <laughs> Like in his mouth and he fucking hated it. That is fucking foul. I would bite your fingers off. It was really bad. He did not like it. No, I don't think anyone it, would like that. I did it once and he reacted so viscerally. I was like, I have to keep doing this. I can't not. And then it was like my hand would like gravitate to his mouth when he yawned. Cause I was like, oh, I hate that. I hate that. So if anyone wants to date me, I will stick my <laughs> We'll get freaky. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, one thing I want to talk about is um, that's like with Elaine's story is how upset she is about losing her sub card because she's relatable. It's a hun- that's what I was gonna say. It's a hundred percent relatable. Okay, like when you get one of those cards and you're almost there on like getting a free sandwich and you lose it, it's devastating. You need like ten stamps to get a free sandwich. Mm. I say it's the same as getting like uh, one of those restaurant gift cards now, and you have like two or three dollars left on it. You're not just gonna throw it away. You're like, oh, Ugh, I have to go back to that place and use this last three dollars of this. Even if you didn't like, yeah, I'm the worst with that. I'm the worst with keeping gift cards. Like the one time I went, <laughs> I went to Starbucks, and I was like, "Oh, I have a Starbucks gift card, like in my car," and I got it. It was like I spent like six bucks, and the guy scanned it, the card, and he was like, "There's like seventy seven cents on here," and I was like. <laughs> that's, that's so worth it at that point and he to was me. like do you want it back and i was like please throw it out because i will go through again in like a month and forget that i gave you that but i do that all the time like i'm like oh there's two dollars left on here so like i have to keep it and then i'll forget and be like oh this definitely has 50 bucks <laughs> like let's yeah. rage and do you guys remember those i remember those little subway gift cards where you'd have the stamps it's a stamp for every six inches no this is i was very young this is when they used to cut the top of the sandwich in a V. And I've talked about this on the Adam Sandler Please Stop podcast. <laughs> Wait, explain? Fuck. They cut it in a V? 
Ooh, for those of you who don't know, welcome to the history of Subway sandwiches. <laughs> yes. When you used to go to Subway, they used to have all the, the little meats and everything already kind of laid out specifically for each six inch where they'd remove this bit of wax paper and then put all the meat down and then remove the top of the wax paper. And for some reason, that worked best if they cut this like Mariana Trench deep V into the top of the sandwich and then they would remove that little V cut and then they would put everything so it kind of be sticking out like from the sides. And then at the very end, they would put that little V back in. What? Really? This is when Subway was like brown and yellow was their colors. We have Subways, but I don't think I've ever eaten at Subway. I went to Subway at Penn State a few times only because they didn't have Wawa's or any of that stuff. So I would go... And it it honestly was such a letdown every single time I went. It's unbelievable. Are you a fan of Subway? No. Okay. I stopped eating at Subway as soon as I had enough money to stop eating at Subway. Yeah. Eating $5 footlongs that were really good, you know. And then eventually you're just like, oh, yeah, this, this tastes like garbage. Mm-hmm. And uh, you start going to other places. Also, once once you move to a big city and you could find way better places to eat, you you start picking those places up. Yeah. Exactly. I the only time I've ever eaten Subway are like on sad road trips home, where it's like you stopped at a a rest stop that only has a Subway, and you're like, well, fuck. And it's like it's two a.m. and it's everything there is just hours and hours old. It's, it's yeah. Rest stops suck. Give me like a Chick-fil-A in a, in a rest stop. I don't want these like s- these 90 cent sticky buns and subways. Like the one time I left Penn State and I was so hungover and I feel like everyone got Subway and I got a pepperoni pizza Lunchable because I was like, absolutely not. Ooh, I still eat Lunchables. Pizza only. Pizza the Lunchable. pepperoni pizza ones are fine. I get the plane, but that's fine. I stay thing. on the pizza Lunchable. Bacon, how about you? Pizza Lunchable I had recently, and it didn't taste as good as I remembered it. It might be because I've ruined myself because they do have like Pepperidge Farms adult Lunchables now that have way (laughs) better meats. Once you go to those, you can't go back to the Lunchable. Yeah. I've seen memes recently where where people will buy like 10 or 20 Lunchables and take all the stuff out and make like charcuterie boards. Again, I'm doing quote unquote and and it's so funny because they'll do like pizza and the like ham and cheese ones and they'll have like I know oh my god the ham it's not it's rubber just buy charcuterie stuff spend money on the good cheese do you remember when Lunchable went like um like hamburger and hot dog route no ew does anyone remember that they went like hamburger and hot dog route where they had like either like mini hot dogs or like hamburger patties and i remember being in the nurse's office when i was younger getting picked up because i was sick and there was a girl in there eating a lunchable cheeseburger and i was like the sickness is coming back out her who i I really don't know it was like it was elementary school so there's kids older than us but i'm haunted by the hamburger lunchable i'm still haunted by the capri sun on i don't know why they thought it was a good idea to give us this sharp straw (laughs) And this little flimsy top of the Capri Sun when we were little, because I didn't have the dexterity to get the straw th- into the goddamn bag without going through the back of yeah. the bag. Yeah. Or God forbid, it's just like the straw gets unpointy and then you can't get it in anymore. I hate that. <laughs> Half the time, I couldn't even get the straw out of the plastic. So. <laughs> 
God, we airing of grievances. Yeah. I can't talk about a Seinfeld episode without just like claiming my love for Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, I said this on the last one, but I don't fucking care. She is perfect. She's perfection. I don't think I love anyone like I love her, and I forget about it. it's weird. Like I forget about it because. Veep was one of my favorite shows ever. I watched it while it aired and I've completely forgot about it until the election. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus was posting, posted something like um, Madam Vice President is no longer a fictional character, which is like, get hype me the fuck up. out of no- And I was like, I should rewatch Veep. It's insanely amazing. Bacon, do you watch Veep? Yes. It's fantastic. I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I think she's my favorite character on the show, which is really difficult to pick, but also funny because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but in the pilot, she's not there because the show was originally basically focused on these two dudes of Jerry and George and with Kramer being the, the next door neighbor. So... Whenever when the bigwigs saw it, they're like, you need a female character. So she was kind of just manufactured to put in the show and she became one of the best parts of the show. I love anytime her and Putty are together. I love their dynamic. Do you guys even know who Putty is? Putty's uh, this guy, the guy who does Kronk and Emperor's New Groove. Is he also from Family Guy? Does he do Joe from yeah, Family Guy? Yeah, the guy in the wheelchair. Yes, yes. We saw him in the last episode we did too, early season nine. Yes. So anytime they do stuff together, I'm I'm a huge fan. Sometimes randomly the show gets really cartoonish. That's why Festivus fits so well into here, I feel like, because Festivus is such a cartoonish, dumb idea that is real, but it fits into this universe perfectly, especially with George's parents throughout the entire series. They're insane. There was a lot of wild parts where I feel like Jerry was breaking, almost about to break. Every part. <laughs> when George's dad goes on that, you couldn't uh, smooth a silk if you brought in a hot bit, whatever. And then he's like, I lost my train of thought. I thought there. And then when he goes and chases his girl, girl of the episode, Al, and, and is like, like, like bad lighting on the porch or whatever and runs back in and then again when they were in the coffee shop with George when when he was doing that little waddle out I was like Jerry feels like I think he's gonna does he do that a lot during the series like almost break yes mm. Jerry's by far the worst actor out of everybody everybody else is like a trained actor and then there's Jerry Seinfeld who's a stand-up comedian which kind of gives it a little bit of more endearingness to mm-hmm, it yeah. I feel like and he got better as the season went seasons went on but he breaks a lot or you could tell when he's about to break his acting's kind of stilted i do remember i think i heard that anytime they had to shoot something with jerry stiller i think his name is that's Mm -hmm. ben stiller's dad who Mm -hmm. plays uh, george's dad apparently it was just almost impossible to get through any take with him because his delivery was so weird and odd and sometimes you would be searching for his lines and then it would just all come bursting out. And that seems to be, that's what we get. We get the best of Jerry Stiller in this episode, yeah. especially when he's like, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. I was like hanging off of his every word when he was insulting this guy. And I, and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like that seemed, that seemed improvised. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. The, the airing of grievances is the, my favorite part of this episode or a Festivus. And it's funny that you guys talked about road trips because this became part of my Festivus tradition every year because I lived in Chicago and I would take the Amtrak from downtown to Chicago to downtown Milwaukee to get picked up by my parents because they live in Wisconsin to go visit them for the holidays. And it always seemed to kind of work out on because Festivus is December 23rd. And 
uh, that's like two days away from Christmas. So that would always be when I'd be on the train. <laughs> and when you're on the train, you got a lot of time on your hands. So I'd just be on like Facebook and I just air my grievances on Facebook. I go onto people's pages and I treat it like a light roast of like, if you're my friend and something happened this year between us, or if I was jealous of something that you accomplished <laughs> or just really anything that came to mind, I would write like a post on their wall. And I would do that for basically the whole train ride, 45 minutes to an hour <laughs> of just airing of grievances. And it was one of my, one of the best things that I love doing. But then around like 2016, 2015, somebody got like upset, didn't understand airing of grievances, thought I was being serious uh, and they didn't like it. And I had to apologize. And then I'm just like, well, I guess this is just kind of over. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't. Yeah. It. And then just a few years later, I deleted Facebook. Any other grievances that we should be airing right now? I have a that... question about your grievances. Yeah. Was this something that you were thinking of all year and clocking them for the 23rd or on the day? You were like, what's still bothering me? And what am I thinking about? It would just be on the day in the okay, moment. Good. Like writing stuff down. <laughs> I was hoping that this was the case. I just like Festivus. I'm not a, I'm an atheist. I'm an only child and now I'm a grown man. So Christmas kind of has lost a lot of its muster, especially when you're little. And then it's just, you know, when I grew up, I didn't have the best Christmases for the early parts of my life until later on. But even then, just being an only child and opening up gifts goes really quick. Mm -hmm. And it, you kind of learn that Christmas loses a little bit of its, its flair. So as an adult, I don't really have that much of an emotional attachment to it. I actually have more emotional attachment to Festivus and the airing of grievances because it's like, oh, it's this anti-Christmas thing about <laughs> stop buying garbage, tell people what's been bothering you. And then you do your own personalized thing. Like in this episode, they have the the poll, obviously. But in real life, in the real life Festivus from the writer of this, Dan O'Keefe, they took a clock, his dad took a clock and put it in a bag and then nailed the bag to a wall. I did read that the writer was taking this from his own life. And that's insane. What is that even? Why? He doesn't know what it means. He, uh, his dad, he would, his dad would do it. And his dad would tell him that's not for you to know or something like that. That's so bizarre. I love that sense of humor. It's so good. If I have children, I'm 100% doing <laughs> all of this. I am nailing I'm doing my own thing. I'm not putting up the pole. I'm not nailing a bag with a clock in it. I'm going to do something else that they won't understand. Yeah. And we'll do the airing of grievances and then we'll wrestle. It's going to be great. I like the idea of it. We are Christmas. All three of us here on my favorite episode are hoes for Christmas. But I like the idea of Festivus being a prelude to Christmas and then and then getting to do Christmas as well. So I love the yeah, idea of it all about it. Like I, you got to be able to take it. Whoever got mad has thin skin. Facebook used to be a way to check up and see what your friends were doing. And now it's just a way for people to share their articles that agree with their idealism oh, or brutal. just to go into an echo chamber. I already have my opinions. I surround myself with friends who have opinions already. I don't need this online place totally. that has that. That's what Instagram's for for me. And then even then, I, I'll unfollow people who start posting photos of text blocks. I'm like, that's not what I want. I want to see photos of you and your family or your girlfriends or your girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> we were just letting you keep going. And I just want to see uh, you and all your girlfriends. Show me all those pictures. 
I'll like real late at night. Hey, I'm going to DM you and ask, uh, hey, what's your girlfriend's username on Instagram? So if anybody's listening to this episode, I'm uh, one of my bacon's bits. One of my, send me your girlfriend's Instagram. The one thing that this episode lacks for me is that the best part about when we hang out with George's family ever in the show is the shrill screaming of his mom's voice, which I think we only get the one clip on the audio tape where she's like, stop, you're killing him. But like, she's the best on the show for me. She says, dinner's ready. That and then she says, I think you could take him, Georgie. Georgie. I love her though. And uh, I always remember the line five, don't give away our water pick. She yells at, that's when George is doing a sales competition between another guy. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but it's okay. I know she has like a famous line in the episode where she catches George masturbating. And she's like in the hospital and she's just like, and then I just walk in and you're punishing yourself in the middle of the living room. My son treating his body like an amusement park. (laughs) (laughs) Before we, I don't, I need to ask this. What is Brian Cranston's role in Seinfeld? Because he's in it for exactly two, twice and for five seconds each. He's a dentist that Jerry would go to and uh, his big plot point was that he was Catholic but he was converting to Judaism and uh, because he was in the middle of converting he would uh, make uh, Jewish jokes with Jerry and Jerry's like I don't know if you could do that and they got into a little argument and uh, he called him an anti-dentite so there's this whole thing about Jerry being against dentists in the episode and then also just goes on to being like, I think he's just switching over to, to being Jewish for the jokes. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good impression of Jerry, the way he said that. I don't even know. <laughs> Bacon, are you familiar with the concept of micro impressions? I guess, yeah. Like the concept that, that you can like do a really good impression as long as it's like only two words. Mm. Yes. That makes so much sense. And words that yeah. they say specifically so you can repeat Like them. all of us doing Moira. Like Bebe. Bebe. Yeah. But right. like if we had to say a full sentence, we couldn't do it. Right. Or even <laughs> yeah. make up a sentence. There's this game called Impressions and we would play it down the beach drunk and I couldn't do any of them. It would be like like a British accent and I, that's an easy one, but just different ones. Be like, do a Brooklyn accent. And I'd be like, Yo, <laughs> I'm like I don't know, and everyone's trying to guess what impression you're doing. I'm like I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know yeah. any words. It's crazy. I'm not good at that stuff either, so it's fine. I would like to hear your British impression, though. British? Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm watching The Crown right now, so it's different. I feel like I, there's like different ones I would do, but no. But I'm watching Carnival Row, and he he goes right. What's all this then? I love when. British yeah, people say that, like, right, 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 when they do that, when uh-huh. they're thinking, they're basically telling you, like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm terrible, but at least you would be able to understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. But the other ones are just like, they'd be like, do Brooklyn, do Boston, and they all sound exactly the same. I would like to hear your Brooklyn and then your Boston. No. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> Tough guy, get out of here. Yeah, welcome to Brooklyn. Yeah. Walking here like that. Yo, Copernicus. You're talking normal. <laughs> yeah, stupid. That's <laughs> A Boston accent is insane. I've I hate this, but I've the guy from Barstool like moved to Philly, and I fucking hate Barstool. But I've been watching. I watch it for the pizza because I'm like, what pizza should I be eating around here? Huh? So he moved in our area. So he's been going around Delco where we live and trying all these pizza places. And I'm watching, and I'm like. 
fascinated by his accent. It's so Boston. And I'm like, my jaw drops. So I'm just like listening to like the spit in his mouth and like the way he talks and like his jaw. And I'm like, whoa, this is I cool. love him. I Ew. can't believe you, you hate would. him. You would love him. I love him. I think he's it's a really kind of just kind of loose way to talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, wish, wish, man. Like, yeah. Over <laughs> this. Over this, they say. Oh I don't know. God. I moved to Boston a year ago and it's so many people have that accent. And they're like, not that many people do. And I'm like, everybody has a goddamn accent, especially at the deli. You go to the deli counter and they call you sweetheart or chief. It's really weird. I like chief. I don't like it when an older man calls me chief. Yo, chief. It's like, what do you want, chief? I'm like, Jesus. All right. Fuck you, too. <laughs> I don't <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have told this story on the podcast before, but my friend at work, he's he's like a little bit older than me. And I like forced my friendship on him. And I would say and I was like, do you have any nicknames? And he said, well, my dad used to call me chief, but I don't like it. And I said, why? He's like, well, I used to love it as a kid. He call me chief and i'd be like hey my dad like has this nickname for me and then we went out and his dad was calling everybody chief and it like made him like depressed <laughs> so i strictly Aww. only called him chief from then on i was like i don't care that this is like scarring you but <laughs> before we move on i have another question that i had two questions brian cranston and also dr van no not no strand when he's like yes yes I need to know the background of that because obviously it's a it's a bit I'm not understanding because I don't watch Seinfeld. Doctor Van Ostren is one of uh, the characters that uh, Kramer does. I forgot specifically he's dealing with Watley. That's George's boss, and in an episode previously, uh, I think in this season, Kramer and his boss met. So his boss thinks that Kramer is Doctor Van Ostren. <laughs> So literally, they probably did this episode and they're like, oh, won't the boss think that he's Dr. Van Ostren? And he's like, oh, we'll just have this throwaway line where he just turns to him and he says it. And you could see the panic in Kramer's face. And then he kind of jitters out of it. He even changes the way he talks, trying to be more like doctorly. I loved it. I, I caught it, even though I. Yeah. Yes, that's a perfect. <laughs> Kramer does a noise that I tried to phonetically spell and then I ended up erasing it when he's like, this party is a little or something crazy at the end where I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah, he does all those little like he does all these little little out there. He, <laughs> yeah, really great. I love that about him. He seems kind hearted. Him, him and Elaine are my two favorites. The other two. Yeah, don't look up anything on YouTube with him. Uh, oh. He had an incident. Yeah, we we do know that, I think. I forgot about that. I think we talked about that on the last one, didn't we? We did. Also, there's like the Seinfeld curse, yes. No one could do anything good after, besides Elaine who or Joy Louis-Dreyfus, who had killer shows after, mm -hmm. even New Adventures of Old Christine. I was yeah, and George was in Pretty Woman before this. And George did some like stage plays and stuff like that. And Jerry did his stand-up. But yeah, yeah, Michael Richards was probably probably had the hardest time after it, I'd say. Mm. Bacon, do you have any other lasting impressions from this episode you want to get across or any more grievances you would like to get across? Oh, man, so many grievances. <laughs> my cat mostly will just sit on my keyboard during the day. I get up to like I'll be working. I get up to go to the bathroom. I come back. She and now she's at the point where she won't get off. She hissed at me <laughs> today, which she never does. So that's that's an airing of grievance. If you could hear me, Mayor McCheese, I'm airing of grievances right now. <laughs> Probably sleeping some. 
<laughs> no, that's really it. I mean, it was really nice to revisit Seinfeld again. It kind of made me want to rewatch it. I know probably there's a lot of Se- if there's any Seinfeld fans listening, this this is an episode that's been covered a billion times over by a, a bunch of other people. I think we are at the point now where if you haven't seen Seinfeld, getting into it might be difficult. And I don't know if looking at it with different eyes, I don't know how people would like it if they didn't see it before. But personally, it has this. Seinfeld has this place in my heart. It has such a important impact on my comedy from when I watched it. And I'm like, oh, this is the sitcom that I want to watch because I'd watch. I never got into Full House. I never got into like Home Improvement. I never super got into a lot of those sitcoms. And Seinfeld was the first one where I'm like, oh, I'm in. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how those sitcoms you watch and the TV you watch kind of does shape your humor. I've never really thought about that. I'm not sure what mine would be growing up, although I did love Home Improvement. Tim Allen is my big old crush. <laughs> I've got a big old dad crush on him. Really? Yeah. Well, don't look thing on, on Tim Allen then if you have a crush on Wait, is are you joking or is there something I should be worried about? Well, there's I have one his... thing Tim Allen did. He t- transported drugs across state lines and got arrested for it like way back in the 70s. I literally have that mugshot on my wall in my in my <laughs> bedroom. It's because someone brought that up on this podcast and I immediately, uh, while recording, looked it up and saw it and ordered it. <laughs> and then I got it and I was like, I forgot I ordered this. It was mid-podcast and I love it. It's on my wall. And I won't say anything else about Tim Allen. Enjoy Tim Allen. He's great at the Toy Story movies. He's great in the Santa Claus. Oh, Santa Claus 1. Santa Claus 1. Yeah. 2 and 3 can beat it, but 1, that's classic. <laughs> that is classic. Kenny hates the Santa Claus. Oh my God, it's so good. He hates it. I and hate- him in that fucking, oh my God, he's hot. I love him. <laughs> it's it's Charlie. Hot? It's Charlie what for Kenny. Happening? He's so hot. I love him. <laughs> he just doesn't fuck with Charlie. Charlie's so cute. He oh just thinks Charlie his little is jeans, his little sneakers, worst. and a big puffy jacket. Anyway, <laughs> well, thanks for coming on yes, and joining was, us again. We didn't say this was part of our like Christmas December. Woo! Yay! I am going to be excited that we won't have to celebrate New Year's really because that's my least favorite. That I one has agree. Yeah, I agree most too. Pressure. If you're single, you have to like be by somebody to kiss for some stupid reason. You, you, your friends always want to go like rent a cabin somewhere. Or if you're in the city, I remember like you had to pay like an absorbent amount of money to get into some crowded bar for well it's drinks. Just too- oh, it's the worst. Trying to think about what you're doing on New Year's Eve is the absolute worst. Last year we got four ribeye steaks and another couple came over and we made we just like had like a fuck ton of food and went to bed by like one and it was glorious i'm like and we were all in like sweats it was like Mm -hmm. it was great i i'm at the point now where i'm like let's just go to bed yeah wake up and it's 2021 who cares yeah i've pretty much taken new year's eve off the board like i'm like i'm not doing anything and if we decide to hang out and that's fine but I, i i i've taken the pressure off the fucking board because I hate New Year's Eve. Yeah. Because then New nothing. There's honestly, I will, I will put my life on this. There's not a more depressing day than the first of January. Like I'm like fuck this. Everyone's like, you get to go to work the next day, if, depending on which day of the week it is. That's the worst day. If you if you did the night before and you like got fucked up, then you're hung over as balls. Yeah. This year's actually good. It just sucks given the circumstances because the way that the holidays land. I think that it's on a Friday. Right, so then you had the weekend. To yeah, recover. so that's kind of mm-hmm. nice, but yeah, I'm just 
don't call or text. <laughs> More grievances, baby. Airing of grievances. Yeah. Fuck all the holidays. Uh, <laughs> no, but thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure, Bacon. Love coming on. You are great. Thanks for having me. I'm sure we'll have you again if you, if you will. Yeah, next time I'll pick something that... <laughs> I enjoy Seinfeld, and I enjoy talking to you, so good choice. Festivus I enjoy the talking to you, too, but I will not lie to you and tell you I enjoy Seinfeld because I don't. <laughs> well, maybe I'll pick a Tim Allen so you can thirst <gasps> Yay! Okay, that's only one of us just throwing that out there. Yay, oh, wait, Tim Allen. Oh, isn't a sex symbol? <laughs> Goodness <laughs> gracious. Sexy. Please pick Toy Story. He's fabulous. Anyway, thanks, thanks bacon. bacon. You rock. This has been My Favorite Episode Up. My Favorite Episode Up is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Julie and Kathleen. Check out our show notes for all of our socials and email us at myfavoriteepisodepodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll be back next week with another episode of My Favorite Episode Up. listening to the Geekscape Network.